you know, if somebody doesn't give me enough information as to what it is the end product has to be, then that is, that is really hard. Again, you have to be psychic and then some. Welcome to the Soul Space Podcast. Thanks for listening. April Anderson, Marketing and Communications Director, Songwriters Hall of Fame. Yes, sir. When we were talking previously, we were talking about uh, what a badass you are with a camera in Iceland with horses. (gasps) Well, thank you. Thank you. I I quite enjoy that. You know, I quite enjoy that reputation. (laughs) (laughs) And your next move is to hang from a gurney from a helicopter flying over Greenland. Yeah, how'd you know? Documentary on climate change. Well, I'm just setting you up for... Setting you up for a big win there. For greatness. <laughs> um, I also had us talking a little bit about Buddhism. I don't know. I don't really care. I'll just talk about the things that seem to make sense. And it made sense to talk about how the work that we do together, at, you know, so you're the marketing director client and I'm the web developer vendor. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have this situation where something's precious and you're not allowed to touch it. You're not allowed to touch my very special technology. You just couldn't understand it. You're too little, you know, yeah. that nonsense. Yeah. Um, and just how that kind of came up with, uh, it's just pathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can cut through it if, um, on my side, if you have the, if, if you just have the courage to take the time it takes to, and you really have to understand something well to explain it at any at any level in any language um you know the teaching side of things requires a level of mastery that's important and maybe that's a good test of a developer when you're interviewing people um, see if they can explain something in really simple terms that's actually a really complicated thing which kind of brings me to a question i want to ask you which was you and i started working together but you had two or three developers working on your site prior to soul space. Oh my God. Um, I have to go take a Valium now. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> I thought we agreed you'd take one before starting part oh, two. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Sorry. Not sorry. Well, we'll get you, we'll get you a cup of tea or something. Perfect. Um, so what happened with how you were making your choices before? Um, how, is there something that on our side as web developers, we can do to help you make your choice to help you make a decision of how you're going to get a good fit with the kind of work that you need done. Is there anything that we could do to make that problem you experienced not finding the right fit previously to to make that not happen again? How do you know? Well, I'll tell you how I know about this kind of uh, vetting process just from, and this this is not just web development. This is just about anything. I find that like, this is going back to the precious thing. If you encounter a ritual of, of quote, vetting, unquote, by that, by the prospective uh, vendor that you are looking to hire, and that is way too complicated and way too just, just the machinations are too intense, then you pretty much know that sends up a red flag that they, they're really kind of fishing around because they, A, might not even care what you need, they're just, they just have a system, a protocol, a template, as you will, if you will, for a, a, a client that this is how we, this is how we deal with um, vetting your company, even though 
and, and the process is just stupid. It's a stupid process. And that is what happened last time. Unfortunately, this was not my decision. Um, uh, but I had to deal with what happened uh, when they hired this particular event, this particular web developer. And as a result, I was stuck with a hinky, uh, bug-ridden site. By the time I came to you, I was a mess, literally. I mean, I was a mess web-wise, and I was a mess in my head because of all the, the incessant crap that I'd gone through for the previous three years trying to get this thing done. It was, it was by sheer brute force that I was able to bring it across the finish line and have it actually yeah. launch. It, as buggy as it was, I, you know, it was just pulling it like with a draft horse across the finish line. <laughs> what are you are you saying that the main issue that you were dealing with was things overcomplicated decisions were being made and you were being shut out of that process or am well, I missing overcomplicated uh it was an overcomplicated vetting process on their end that kind of like they had this template of of um a template way of working with a client or actually against a client oh. Uh, you know, yeah. they have, well, this is how we do this. This is how we do that. And I'm like, well, what about if we need this? Well, this is how we do this. And this is how we do that. It's mm -hmm. like not, there was no listening involved. There was no actually okay. hearing what our needs were. And while they were able to bamboozle the people who, you know, were making the uh, ultimate decision, it's like, I, I kind of saw my future and it actually came through. <laughs> Clients are often reassured when I tell them that we have a process that we're going to take them through. Mm -hmm. um, so the, you're picking up on a problem that is one of those um, middle way problems. Like you're, you're looking for, you don't want a vendor who's going to come to you and say, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. Just tell me what you want done and I'll, I'll, I'll do it your way. No problem. You but don't want somebody to say that. Too. Yeah. Because you don't, they're not giving you any information. They're not giving you yeah. any of any of their needs either. So this is like, there they're is not a protecting middle ground. I mean, th that's a signal that oh, I, I have no interest in protecting you from a bad decision. Mm -hmm. um, but this whole even that formulation is bad. Like I'm going to protect you. That's more preciousness, right? Mm -hmm. That's more yeah. of that. Uh, you just couldn't understand. I, I'll have to. You know, you, this is why we have a process. Is because you just don't get it. There's, right. there's some way, I really think conversation is a way to cut through all this nonsense. Correct. And, and if I find that I have an, an easy, relaxed, flowing conversation with a prospective client, I know we're in pretty good shape because um, I can say, well, we usually do it this way and we think there's a good reason. Well, it sounds like you guys, that's against your policy. Like, there's security reasons why you are forbidden from what, doing, letting us into the firewall or whatever the case may be. Um, so we, we encounter that, but I think conversation gets you through that, gets you kind of over that hump. What do you think mm -hmm. about that? Well, I think conversation is absolutely vital and a conversation where both parties listen is absolutely vital. A one-sided conversation is absolutely useless on either end. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because neither one is getting, you know, the, the input that they need in order to accomplish the goal. And, you know, that, yes, conversation is a vital element. And people who, and, and there are people who will not understand what exactly that they want either. They just have an, kind of an amorphous idea. Well, I want it to look like this and I want it to be like this and this is how I want it to work. Yeah, there's value in that because you'll know 
what they what their vision is to an extent, but having having a conversation that's a little more in depth, saying, "Well, do you want this to work this way, and do you want that to work that way?" That is vital. From what I've seen, the ability to uh, shepherd that conversation, um, really, the things that you and I've when we've succeeded, it's because I got you to say something out loud that neither one of us knew you needed to say, like a, a feature that you needed or mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. behavior in the system that you needed. There's some, sometimes I just heard in your voice, uh, I feel like there's more. There's got, there's something else happening here. Um, I think April is telling me it's going to be okay and she'll do it my way, but it doesn't sound like she means it. I think there's a missing piece. Right. When we've had those conversations that's been good. That's been really effective. And that's, again, precious. It wasn't precious. I, I, I would just said to you, are you sure? Tell, tell me what you really want. Like, why, why do you want that? That's been effective. Absolutely. And, and I give you a lot of kudos for being partly or mostly psychic. Woo-hoo! Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to know where you got your crystal ball, mister. <laughs> no, it's all, it's all the relationship thing. I mean, I can tell mm-hmm. When I talk to someone that we have a rapport and we're going to get along, we kind of, communication is so much as nonverbal. Mm-hmm. I've never seen you in person. I wonder what it would be like if we had dinner together. I mean, I know. Um, <laughs> we wouldn't how, know how, to how much, yeah, I mean, how much we'd be able to sort of read at, at the communication level uh, with the nonverbal stuff. I, I find that pretty fascinating too. And re- honestly, most of my clients are virtual. I hardly ever see clients um, mm-hmm. because they're just kind of all over the place. Everything's so distributed with the nature of our work anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that conversational ability is a, a really important thing. It's oh, funny God, yes. that don't take me to a dinner party. Don't take me to a cocktail party because I'm pretty introverted. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when I'm talking to my clients, that's when I come out of my shell. It's a weird thing. If I didn't have this business, uh, I'd be a hermit somewhere. It wouldn't be healthy. Yeah, um, I understand that. I totally, I totally get that. I'm, you know. Are you that way? I, you don't well, seem like I, an introvert I'm, I'm at all. Outgo- well, I'm outgoing to a point, but I hate, I hate parties where I go where I don't know anybody because it's like hmm. I'm tired. I'm tired of like you know trying to make conversation with people that you know maybe I have no interest in. I don't know, yeah. you know, or maybe I'll get lucky and there will be an interesting person. But it's like that's the luck of the draw. So yeah, I'm, I'm, slow, I'm, I'm outgoing, but to a, to a point. You and I have, you just reminded me of a colleague that you and I share, um, Eric Miller, a designer oh, yeah. that, um, that we use a lot. He's doing the new soulspace.com design as we speak. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's worked, uh, he's, he's worked for you, right? He sure has. He was actually, okay. he did one of our, uh, other, our previous web designs, which went flawlessly. And that was like, mm-hmm. you know, I was so mad when he was not available to do this last abortion <laughs> that we had, you know, because that's what it wound up being. <laughs> He, uh, I bring him up because he, um, I'm not saying he tests prospective clients, but one of the red flags he looks for is, um, is, is this client going to, I don't like small talk, that annoys me, but is this client just going to talk with me for a few minutes before we get into business? Like is every, in every conference call, do you just dive into uh, the agenda or do you, you know, talk about the weekend? Did you, what did you do for, you know, the new year? In your case, you went to Portugal, right? Mm-hmm. It, for Eric, it's an important test. Does this person just want to shoot the shit for a couple of minutes? Mm-hmm. Um, it, that, for him, he says that tells him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, is is there a connection? Is there a rapport? I was saying in the previous uh, in the previous part of this podcast, the, the previous episode, that 
Um, fortunately, there's enough clients out there that we can, um, I, I can talk to someone, I can see that there's not a fit, and I can invite them to go talk to one of my other colleagues and work with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to be selective like that is is really useful. You went through a few developers before you came to us. Eventually, you move on to somebody else who knows when that's going to be and what when, the circumstances who, me? might Not be. Not me. I, I, I don't think know. you're stuck There's no with plans. Me. There's no plans for it, but it's the software lifecycle. I mean, at some point, the platform that you're on uh, won't work anymore, and, um, and maybe the higher I hope, ups... to, I hope to retire by then. <laughs> <laughs> Another old client of mine said that. I, I said, so when he kind of bounces around Silicon Valley doing the same kind of project uh, for different tech companies and does it great every time. And I said, so what's the next one? He's, uh, I think he's at NVIDIA right now. He says, no, I'm done. This is it. I retire after this. I, right. bought, I bought the property up in Northern California. And <laughs> so, well, there, so there's, some val- there's some validity in that. And there's some freedom in that as well. It's like if, if, if you and Expression Engine go by the wayside, I think I'm done. You know, I'm just like, okay, time to, time to like, you know, clap your hands together and say, bye-bye. <laughs> well, Expression Engine is kind of going by the wayside. You're all right for a while. Yeah. Um, I'm most, not surprised. It's, a, is, it's, it's, yeah. But maybe, but by, maybe by then you'll have the new technology, the next technology that we can like uh, transfer over to. So I have hopes for that. We're, we're on something called Craft CMS now. Pretty much all of our work is there. I'm not saying you need to go there for budget reasons. You're fine where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, but that's, that's what you one, say. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It kind of depends. I, you, you're okay for a while as long as you've got someone who can fix those weird um, bugs on a Friday night. That's, that's you. That's fine. That's you. Yeah, that's me. That that's is cool. There's you. There's not that many of them, so it's not you that come, big of a deal. You come riding in on your, on your, on your horsey <laughs> no. and say, here I no. am to save the day. This is one of the good things to talk about is the things that you've asked me to fix. Mm-hmm. You, your email to me is, I'm sorry, I know you're trying to take the weekend off. Um, maybe this is quick and easy. Maybe it's not. Let me know. And it usually is quick and easy. For you, it feels pretty awful because the bug is a major thing that you've got to deal with. On my side, it's in, in the last case, we, the thing we had to fix was just a simple CSS problem. It was one line of code that we right. just uh, tweaked a little bit. Um, this is this comes up with a lot of my clients is that's why the conversation is important because you don't necessarily know what's easy and what's hard. Correct. You don't know what's expensive and what's cheap until we talk about it mm-hmm. and have a nice meandering, relaxed conversation conversation about some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't uncover for you some of the easy solutions. Right. Um, it and hopefully that brings some brings some value. It absolutely so, does. Especially when I'm really sorry. I really am sorry that it's a Friday night and all of a sudden I discover this, this, this bug that, that was heretofore unknown to anyone. <laughs> I'm fine when you take the weekend off because you're just not noticing stuff. It's when you're paying attention that I have to work too. There you go. Um, I know. I know because okay. that, that happens to me in my life here too. Exactly. <laughs> I get it. So you talked about this phenomenon that you experienced where, um, and this happens to a lot of my clients, the the marketing directors that we work for and the people that support them, those are our primary contact people. We're in touch with them on a daily basis. But mm-hmm. some of the bigger tech decisions get made above their head. Um, and there's, there's a lot of times where we don't necessarily get to influence those. And that's mm-hmm. all, a lot of the times we get fired, that's why. Some mm-hmm. other salesman came in and sold this big, gigantic behemoth 
of a system that mm -hmm. uh, everybody has to adopt now because some vice president said so. Mm -hmm. um, in your work experience, how do you handle that situation? I mean, you you managed to hire Soul Space. Um, how did you talk management into um, getting rid of the previous provider and moving on to someone new? Well, they were done. The previous provider, they they finally had supposedly accomplished everything that they were supposed to contractually, um, which was crap because, you know, nothing still worked. So, um, but I, I really focused on the fact that we were on an older version, version of uh, Expression Engine and, uh, at the time, and I knew that things were going to start breaking, plugins that we had employed um, with that particular version were going to start breaking if we didn't upgrade to the newer Expression Engine. So because of that, I was able to go and, and ask for um, and ask you what a budget would be to make that mm -hmm. upgrade, in, including some of these other um, enhancements that I needed, desperately needed, like simple, simple enhancements like a good search, a good search engine, something that you know, I can actually use, something like the me membership database, which is essential to, to my day-to-day. -day. Um, and that's how I was able to um, get the funding after you did your discovery, which I appreciated the fact that you went in and you did a discovery. It wasn't like you were saying, okay, here's a template for this and, and we can do that and blah, 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 and this and that. And you don't even take a look. You take a cursory look maybe uh, in the back end uh, admin. And I appreciated the fact that you did a comprehensive evaluation of exactly what was needed and then came back and said, okay, this is what's needed. This is your budget. And then as we went along, we whittled down that budget to the penny to the point where it was completed in budget, which is like almost unheard of. So I really super appreciated that, considering the fact that, again, we're nonprofit Songwriters Hall of Fame. And we are, you know, we have one major event that, that you know, helps us subsist for the next year. And so, you know, there's, not, there's no extra pin money for things like this. But this was essential to our actual day-to-day -day operation. So I was able to get that funding. Um, I hear this from nonprofit clients a lot. My nonprofit clients say, by the way, Mitchell, we're a nonprofit, so there, there isn't any extra. There's mm -hmm. no fudge factor. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, um, everybody says that. Profits and nonprofits alike. Sure everybody do. says, well, we, ha we have a budget. I mean, you have to be rational and say, this is what we're going to spend and we're not going to spend more. Um, everybody should say that, and they do. So I, I don't want you to feel like it's it's only you who doesn't have any money. Everybody says the same thing you of say. Of course, but but then but then you have people like the previous vendor once again who blew through their whole budget, and then for the next two years, um, considering the fact that they did not deliver on the money they blew through in the budget, they then had to go in and do all these stupid fixes that just screwed everything up completely. And so that was the problem. They kind of like, the, the, there's, there's different ways of doing business. There's ways of doing business that whittle down the budget as you go, which is the way it's supposed to be. Uh, when you're billed, you're billed for time that is, that is going to be spent or it has been spent as opposed to like, okay, this is your, this is your allotted time payment. You're, it's, it's been three weeks, you have to pay this amount. It doesn't matter how far we are or what we've done. 
this is what this is the money that that has to be paid. There's that's two different ways of budgeting. The only way to budget is the is the way that you that soul space budgets budgets. Yeah, there's in the industry there are people trying to do different pricing models. Mm-hmm. Um, people are trying to find ways to do fixed bidding or subscription billing or that sort of thing. Um, it doesn't work for us. The transparency that you're talking about is what works. There's something that's a good reality check. When you see uh, an invoice from me we, on, a, on an active project, we're billing every two weeks instead of every month. So mm-hmm. you're getting every two weeks a bill, and the bill says we did this, and you got to write a check. And because you have to write a check, you're going to check our work. Mm-hmm. So there's this reality check baked into it that I like a lot. That transparency is good. Well, absolutely. Um, there's and, some, and it makes me appreciate the fact that, you know, I'm not having to go back to my people and say, well, they blew through the budget, but we're only half done. Now what? Yeah. So in, in the future, um, for the other marketing directors listening to this who have that same problem that you do of somebody above them is making a technology decision on their behalf that they're going to be stuck with, um, is there any way to mitigate that? Is there any way to nip that in the bud? Is there any any solution to that? Um, and well, if if this is the kind of thing where you really don't have a choice with vendors, um, I don't know. It, it depends on on the relationship one would have with those superiors who are making that decision. Whether someone could go, another marketing person could go to their superior and say, "Listen, I really kind of have a bad feeling about this one." I really can you can you just take another look at this other vendor that we're looking at uh, if they have yeah. another vendor and say you know I'd really appreciate your assessment of the other vendor um, putting it up against this one that you're kind of set on and, it, and some people just make ar- arbitrary decisions that are based on on you know um, who who they've worked with in the past who they feel has done a good job but but they ha- they they don't really know because they're not in the trenches um, yeah. So uh, that's it's it depends on the relationship and if you have uh, an alternate choice that you can present. Uh, otherwise, you know, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you just have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that sucks, though. Yeah. Well, um, it did. Totally did. This is one of the problems that really plagues the the business. Um, like I mentioned a minute ago, when we get fired, it's because of this. It's because somebody else came in and had a shiny sales pitch mm-hmm. and we weren't part of the conversation um and i don't know sometimes that sometimes it happens that way and it's um really gets under my skin and my clients are pissed too they're like well soul space you're fired not my choice but i don't i don't get a choice this time nice mm-hmm. knowing you yeah um it's it it's happened mm-hmm. absolutely there was uh there's an experience a few weeks ago you know before the holidays really kicked in where we were talking to a potential client and they were they were a big SaaS, you know, so they're a big software as a service organization serving a, a special market. Pretty big, it sounded like. I hadn't mm-hmm. heard of them before, but they're pretty big in their sector. And they were they were wanting to have they wanted to hand off the maintenance of their it was, it was a craft CMS website in this case. They wanted to hand the maintenance off. And that's one of the principal things we do is just maintain keep up with the care and feeding serve as that primary care physician for these websites. Mm-hmm. They wanted to hand that off, but they wanted to hand a technical problem over to us. They wanted to try to get us to agree to an architecture that we knew would be bad, uh, be a bad scene. 
And they were telling us stories about how um, the, the system that they're going to hand us continues to break, but we had to use it because of some other business reasons. Um, I think we ended up not getting the job because I was so clear about how stupid I thought that was. Um, so, <laughs> well, you probably I mean, saved yourself a lot. a lot of heartache that way. I mean, <laughs> well, this, you know, money you, is money, but I mean, sometimes the money just ain't worth it. <laughs> do you, do you want to have nice, relaxed, sunny days or do you want money? Sometimes yeah. you have to choose one of those two Sometimes things. you do, but if you don't, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. I, I don't, I don't know anybody like that. I don't either. Um, so what are you know, aside from um, having vendors foisted on you that you didn't necessarily want that aren't a good fit, what are some of the other things that you've encountered as as um, as an owner of an important website um, that you that we could be better about? We as web developers and, and marketing directors as clients, how what other things can we talk about that could be improved upon? Uh, well, you're talking generally, I assume. So, yeah, we can go generally. Yeah, um, I, I really feel like like the interaction, like you said before, the conversation. I really feel like that in itself, the communication that we are communications and marketing directors. That means communication is everything, and mm-hmm. um, that actually is probably the single most important element when you are going to interact with any kind of vendor who's going to provide you with something that you need to be very clear as, you know, as clear as you possibly can as to what exactly it is that you do need. And if you don't know, it's cool. It's, it's okay to say, well, I'm not sure, but this is what I'm thinking it might be. And this way you can kind of like work together to, to cobble together what a vision for, um, what a vision is that, you know, the, 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 thing that you need the vision for it the um the work when it's done well seems to be collaborative mm-hmm. and and it's funny that a client comes to you and says well i'm, I'm trying to hire an expert because i don't know anything about this and you want me to collaborate with you on this i don't get it sometimes i get pushback on that but re- that really is the essential piece is i my team and i can't serve you well unless you agree to be a good collaborator on this you agree to qa you agree to try to beat it up you try to test it and um, kick it before we try to launch kick, it like take some tires. ownership mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well the other thing is that you are i'm sure you come in contact a lot with people who who just don't have they don't care really they don't care what they're what it is that they're looking for they don't care what their vision is they just want something done they're not quite sure exactly what it is but they like, yeah, do this, um, and that's what I need. And you know, listen, I don't want to talk about it. I don't have time to talk about it. But this is what I need. You know, that that's that that's hugely frustrating. I mean, I I come in contact with that, you know, in in my daily life here sometimes because you know it's like there's there is a lot to be done here that is that you have to figure out, and that to me I don't mind that at all. I mean, I love figuring stuff out. But, you know, if somebody doesn't give me enough information as to what it is the end product has to be, then that is, that is really hard. Again, you have to be psychic and then some, you know, and then, and then you probably, sometimes (laughs) you come out wrong and you have to go back and do it again. And by doing it wrong, maybe they have a clearer idea of what it is that they actually want. Yeah. Well, that's another part of the work that we do is it's wrong many, many times before mm-hmm. it's, before it's right. And mm-hmm. then 
I, I try to check in with potential clients on this point. Um, some don't have, uh, they don't have a stomach for that. They don't have, like, I'm going to put something buggy in front of you the first couple of times, and I need to know if you can handle that. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it, are you going to freak out? I know you won't because I know that you know the nature of the work. Well, yeah, um, and, and, and I'm different because I've been through this mill, and I, I've actually learned how to be a really good QC person. It's like I'll go yeah. in or, or, you know, I'll go in and I'll be like, okay, I know it has to work this way, but look, this is wrong over here, this is wrong over here, and that's wrong up there. It's a pain in the neck. But it's the only way that you can make sure that your it, that it actually comes out right in the end. Uh, some clients feel like, well, I shouldn't have to. If you do a yes. good job, I shouldn't have to bother with See, that. But that's that. That's kind of yeah. That's kind of that's kind of not fair. Yeah, you should have your own internal department. You should just be you know you should just do a good job. When uh, I ask for a pizza at a pizza place and it's delivered to the table, I just expect it to to be correct. Well, if you actually order a pizza, yeah, it will be correct. But if you actually, if, if you order like, like a hero, you know, and yeah. you think you're ordering a pizza, but you get a hero and you're like, I didn't order a hero, I ordered a pizza. And you said, well, you, you actually did not. You actually ordered a hero. Then, you know, there you are. <laughs> the, the way to know that there's that miscommunication is that, that ongoing conversation, though. I mean, sometimes you don't know. You, like, you, can't, really, you can't really tell what you asked me or, if, or you can't even necessarily tell that I didn't hear you right the first time. Mm-hmm. So that ongoing communication, those check-ins, that high-touch sort of relationship is is a superpower. Absolutely. So now you've got me. Now you've got me curious. What is the daily life of a marketing director like? Oh, me in particular, or just in general? I know what your life is like a few times of the year when you need me, but on a daily basis, um, well, how much do you have to touch that website? Does it kind of just keep humming in the background? What do you do? Well, basically, you know, my my hats are many. So um, most of what I do is, is posting to our website as far as news items um, and uh, going into the admin for the membership database to do whatever it needs to be done to certain members or all members or sending out e-blasts. And, you know, it, it's, it's really kind of a constant touching of various parts of the website which actually is good because then I notice if something's broken, like I did that Friday night. And I'm like, yeah. well, this is, I, I have to do this tomorrow. And I'm looking here and I'm seeing that the same kind of uh, item post that I, that I have to make tomorrow is posted elsewhere and it's not showing up because of that, that miserable little CSS code. So um, yeah, that's, that's how you notice things. You touch all the various elements of the website on a kind of a regular basis, a rotating basis. How do you handle stuff that you don't touch that often that you come back to it and you forgot how it works? Do oh, you have any way of that's fun. dealing with that? That's fun. <laughs> uh, if I can't find it on a previous email, I call Mitch. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he doesn't remember right. anything. You should and ask then, anybody and then who we, knows me. And then we figure it out. Awful. No, actually, I, I'm pretty good at usually figuring stuff out. There are times mm-hmm. like when we dealt with the whole ballot uh, uh, situation, like you mentioned before, that, you know, was kind of a complicated thing. I really completely had forgotten that I you know, couldn't do certain things that I really wanted to do. And, you know, things like that. I, I can usually figure it out because I'm pretty good with like, I'm pretty tactile with, you know, things like that. But 
yeah, I mean, sometimes they'll just come, they'll come a point and I'm like, okay, I really do not remember how to do this. Mm. And then, yeah. you know, if it's a technical thing that maybe you actually know by rote, then you'll just tell me. And if not, we'll just figure it out together. Well, a really good system is compatible with humans not remembering stuff. Like, mm -hmm. um, you can't really buy a car these days that you can lock your keys in. Um, it's really hard wow. because they, they've, they've figured that out at the, the, the system level of automobiles. They've mm -hmm. made it much more difficult for you to lock your keys in your car. Mm -hmm. um, it, you, you forget them. Well, they got around the human forgetfulness. Hmm. And that's the system I should have built for you was the one that knows that you're going to forget something a year later. And it should be, it should, it should take that into account. My first round, the first version of what I built for you assumed that you and I would both remember how the thing worked. Nope, <laughs> we did not. <laughs> and it was, it was so simple as, as long as you did the four steps perfectly in the right order, it was really super simple and perfect, but nope, right. we forgot. Yep. Yep. But, you know, then we figured it out that it wasn't what we wanted anyway. But we didn't want it anyway because right. it was too, too contingent on super great memories. Correct. And humans being not with, you know, not right. something other than they are. Exactly. Which well, it's never good. This is this was good. Uh, we can wrap it up. We can call this done. Um, I wanted you to ask the question. I wanted to um, get the answers to some questions and I got those answers. Um, good. I hope that I hope that we can. I actually learned a lot. This oh, good. is maybe something we should have done a long time ago, just the ways that I can be better. Um, and we'll, um, I just want to thank you for taking the time to do this, April. Well, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And I actually, you have brought me a lot of peace in my, in my uh, web life <laughs> here. Um, having someone like you that can kind of work his way around every kind of issue and we can discuss it. And we can have a back and forth and we can say, you know, what's working, what isn't. And that to me is worth just about everything as far as this goes. I really do appreciate you and Soul Space. Thanks for that plug. I appreciate it. Um, we know that we can find Tales of Iceland on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. um, you also have a YouTube channel that I checked out a few months ago. Um, what is, can we plug it's, that real quick? It's Art as Air. Art as Art Air, as air. Yeah. right? And we have an artasair.com website, a talesoficeland.com website. Again, okay. that's T-A-I-L-S, like, like horsetail. Yeah. That's right. I wanted to get those plugs in because that's Thank some excellent you. work you've done. You're the, All right. you're the best. Thank you. I so no. very much appreciate it. No, you're the best. Sorry, no. it's got to no. be you. No, I insist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, April. Thank you. You've been listening to the Soul Space Podcast. 